You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's Monday. You gotta be feeling good. It's a short week for a lot of us. It's about time. I've been working way too many days in a row. It's a short week for some of us. Flames are just two points back of a playoff spot after a pair of monstrous comeback wins over the weekend against some bad teams, but who cares? Four points is four points. It's also Masters Week. Man, you want to talk about sports porn? It's this week. Flames play. Not once, not nope. twice, nope. but thrice. Uh-huh. And then the Masters tease it up Thursday at Augusta National. We actually got a contest we want to let you in on, too. Oh, yeah. Running our little pool this year. What a great day to be alive. That's no, every day. Yeah. Um, Big time. No Patrick Dumont today. Mm-hmm. Alex Brody um, is the producer of the program today. That means he's in charge of Texty McTexerson. Our uh, Sportsnet 960, the fan texturing robot. Ooh. Uh-oh. Alex's history with Texty McTexterson has been checkered, to say the least. To say the least. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, and our dairy-loving uh, young uh, technical director, uh, GVP, is behind the board. He's excited to be here, I guess. Are you no, excited? Or? Always excited. Uh, always excited. To be it here is early, morning. though. That's all right. It's early. I like you guys. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's very Jeez. nice of you. It's very, very kind of you. Mm. Even, though, even though the feeling's not mutual at times. But what are you talking about? I like how I always get the text. Stop being so hard on Alex. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to teach him. He's got to learn. Tough His luck. young mind. Yeah. How do I reach molded. these kids? You yeah. just believe in me, George. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, we got a busy show. Um, Anthony Stewart, NHL on Sportsnet 730. Mm-hmm. Former first round pick. Yep. Our man, Lou, Peter Labardius, 8 o'clock. Yep. And uh, Jamie Campbell, Blue Jay Central. Look at that. Bang, bang, bang. One, it's two, three. It's a of a show. It's a good program. There's yeah. a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. Um, also, uh, we have a voicemail line. We do. That it continues we, uh, to be available. Yeah, that we unleashed to the uh, the listening uh, public. The masses. Last week. Um, mm-hmm. 403-407-0238 or 403-4070-BET. Um, we we usually take this time to to play some voicemails. Yeah, we'd love to because it is the six o'clock and the weekend. So uh, GVP, how many do we got here? All fired up and ready to go. We got four. Oh, Ooh. okay. Are they, how long are they total? Uh, total, all four of them are a minute and thirty. Okay, we can do that. That, can, that works. That's nice and tight. Sure, yeah, we can do that. Um, now what was the request for the voicemail line over the weekend? Well, if you've had a couple of drinks, feel free to call in. Especially after the Flames games. Give yeah. us your thoughts. Yeah. little Maybe you didn't want to stay up for Again. when Patty cracks the lines on the overtime call-in show. Yeah. So you want to just get us on the horn? That works. Uh, on the old blower. Yeah. Um, we also, I, I hate to have to mention this too, uh-huh. but uh, Alex's weird brother, Marcus, <laughs> leaves us like 10-minute voicemails. Like, does he actually think we're going to play 10 minutes of him Hammering into a telephone. I know we're not playing today's voicemail, but we're never going to play another. You one are of his on the record mails. saying send us ten minute voicemails. Okay, so he's nobody, feeling a little conflicted. Okay, okay. First of all, um, 
th- this is why I'm, I'm I'm always concerned about you, Alex. <laughs> okay. If you don't think I was being sarcastic in any way, shape, or form, there's there's maybe something wrong with you <laughs> I, or I, your brother. There's no way that we would ever promote ten minutes of the of an and hour if, of a show. And if you actually meandering on the voicemail, and if you actually thought I'd say, "Hey, lo, listen to a, a ten, let leave us a ten minute voicemail." I actually asked how long do the voicemails go for? Leave us a 10 minute as an in jest, I said it. Ah. <laughs> I see. Well, like, so, again, okay, so now can you please backtrack on how this is my fault in any way, shape, or form? I warned you that my brother was a dangerous man. No, he's weird. But again, if your brother or you, and I understand how uh, the family tree <laughs> doesn't branch that much, um, I understand what? how both of you don't. What? can't understand that that was just sarcasm. I, and I think that's what's uh, lost on a lot of people in today's age is sarcasm. Because quite frankly, I'm not saying you, I'm just saying there's a lot of dumb people walking around. And when you don't understand, like, no, yeah, we want to hear 10 minutes of your brother on the radio. Hey, Lou, hang on for one sec. <laughs> we got to hear Marcus Brody from Manitoba mm. trying to be hilarious for 10 minutes. Very important. Yep. Very important. So, um, yeah, I never said I wanted 10-minute voicemails, Alex. Obviously, that was said in jest and dripping yeah, in sarcasm. And I know that. Like, it's, like, No, you don't. You just <laughs> literally said you didn't I know it. I was trying to, because we're the, not going to play the, his voicemail. And now, and now, now, right away, I'll get a tweet or I'll get a text. Like, Stop being so hard on Alex. Who cares? Like, just yeah. move past it. It's dumb. We don't need 10-minute voicemails. Stop calling with 10-minute yeah. voicemails. Yeah. There we go. Leave us good voicemail. That's yeah. all we want. We don't need to get into yeah. all this dumb stuff. Or if you're half in the bag, we'd love to hear those. Please, especially. always. All right, what do we got, GVP? Let's play one. Hey, fellas. Happy Friday. You guys do a great job. Listen to you every morning. Great job. Calgary Sports, Flames. Just want to throw a shout out here. There's some awesome soccer action going on, and especially in the upcoming week here. It's called the Nation's Cup. Mm-hmm. It features the top Calgary men and women, different age groups, 20 teams in the open. It's like a mini World Cup. The soccer center is loaded. It's the best-kept secret in town. Could we get a shout-out for that this week, fellas? Uh, love the show. Like I said, keep up the great work, and all the best to you. Take care. There you go. You, you just did the own shout-out yourself. You just plug your stuff. Yeah. And it might get read on the air. Boom. Yeah. You want to leave us a voicemail about local stuff you want to promote? That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I'm all over that. Like yeah. a dirty shirt. Matt, Matty, the, 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 the child of Calgary, Calgary's mm. son. Yeah. He loves all of that stuff. Uh-huh. Anything Calgary, Matty eats it up. Love it. What else we got? Hi, Alex, uh, George, Matty, everyone. <laughs> Sorry I didn't uh, update you after my fourth hot dog and fourth beer. I'll uh, be honest. Yeah. Uh, the boring, responsible side got the better of me. And uh, and I went to to bed. <laughs> okay. Um, I, when you start having those, he tried to do the nine for nine at the what was it the, the yeah the season opener wasn't yeah. it yeah back correct. Thursday he called us Thursday didn't get the update hmm that's there, too bad but again uh, I I enjoy that uh, we have listeners in the in the UK yeah hundred percent yeah and. What an enormous time difference. Eight and hours? Listeners that'll bite off a... Seven hours. Bite off a big chunk of drinking and eating hot dogs and yeah. have at her. Good try. I, love I appreciate it. that. How many more you got, GVP? Uh, we got two more. Okay. Oh, 
yeah, it's a macho man here, <laughs> Alex Brody. Which of the following shows appeared on the 90s TGIF, brother? Oh, yeah, Boy Meets World, Full House, Step by Step, or Perfect Strangers, or the Magical Last Option, all of the above. Oh, yeah, dig it. And you're going down the Roman Reigns at WrestleMania to Cody Rose. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if he did. Uh, Alex, do you know the answer <laughs> to that question? I I honestly have heard of two of these shows. Which ones? Uh, Full House yep. and Boy Meets World. Okay. And I, I'm going to do what I do when I do any sort of corporate training and go with all of the above on this one. That, that would be correct. Yes. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> that would be correct. Um, but again, you've never heard of Perfect Strangers? No. Uh, with Valky Bartokamas, uh, don't be ridiculous, and his cousin Larry. Um, Maddie's looking at me like he has n- he has no idea. No, nope, never watched about Perfect right Strangers. No, nope, no. Nope, uh, Full not. House, obviously. Um, DJ Tanner spinning the tunes. Um, <laughs> Uncle Jesse, like it's Full House is a classic. Step by Step was good too. And Family Family Matters was on TGIF Fridays too with Urkel. No, TGIF Fridays wouldn't have worked with that. But ABC. Uh, no, okay. Yeah, I remember watching that as a kid. It was awesome. That's just a Fridays it, must watch TV. Yeah. E- evening lineup. Yeah, it was like it, a five o'clock to it, eight o'clock type of deal. Yeah, it wasn't. It it NBC's uh, must see TV Thursday was the king mm-hmm. back in the day when they had like Cosby Show, Seinfeld, oh, Cheers yeah. all on Thursday oh. night. You're like, man, what a blockbuster lineup! What a lineup! Yeah. But uh, Friday nights on ABC. Was a little good bit of power in, in those bats. Oh, 100%. One more voicemail. All right, let's Cabin do it. the greater. Time to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm going to give. Wait. Is that Triple H called there? It sounded like it. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna give our, our voicemail a little bit of homework. Uh-huh. Um, call in and give us your best Daryl Sutter. Oh. 403-407-BET. 403-4070-BET. 403-407-0238. Call us in with your best Daryl Sutter, and we'll play it tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. On a game If we day, get any. As they're getting set to face the Blackhawks. Yeah, if we get any. Um, Flames with a big win. Comeback win Friday night. First time this season they win a game when trailing after three periods. Last night against the Ducks. What do they do? Get another win when trailing after three periods. And your boy, the guy that you and I always shake our heads about, Nick Ritchie, what an incredible play <laughs> to set up Michael Stone, who was finally back in the lineup the first time in 20 games, shot an absolute bomb of a shot because who didn't have Lucic and Stone being the heroes last night for the Calgary Flames? But what an absolute laser beam for Michael Stone. And what a great play by Ritchie off that scrambled draw. It's important, right? Like, it's one of the big things. If you're that winger on the board side, like, there's obviously a couple of different ways that you can run the play, but I think one of the biggest ones, especially when you're a guy like Nick Ritchie, is just get in there and and give the guys a hand, especially when you got a shot like Michael Stone's out on the point there, and that's exactly what he does. Comes in, helps out. You know, you rarely see a pass out of the feet after a draw that's that clean, though. Like, I think that was the part that surprised me was there's scramble, scramble, and then it was just... Boom, tape to tape, out to Michael Stone, couple steps towards the middle of the ice, changed the angle, through traffic, didn't hit anybody on the way through, luckily for the people in front, and uh, boom, posting in. 
80, yeah. I think what did clock at like 88.7. So Velo's a little down as he's uh, coming back from injury. Yeah, not, not, as, uh, not, not as hard as he usually fires Not it. the usual 98. Uh, but man, uh, what a shot. Also, um, that Milan Lucic goal too was Way beautiful. to pick a corner, eh? Yeah, way to pick a corner. <laughs> uh, I thought, um, what's his name in the Anaheim goal? Dostal, Dostal, Do- Dostal. Yeah, he was. He lost his net on that Lucic shot. Oh yeah, We're, like you might as well slide in the corner, bro. Yeah, he left the whole side open for Milan Lucic. Credit for Milan Lucic he, for he picking still had it. to pick the corner. He did, but- and a beautiful sauce pass from Blake Coleman to Milan Lucic, who had been dropped down the lineup a little bit. Walker yeah. Dewar had gotten the bump to play with Hubert and, and he Backlund because again he was an impact player last night, moved using his feed. Using his feet, he had that one chance that Huberto set him up with just the left of the net right after making that change, but yep. the angle was shut off by Do- Dostal pretty well. So yeah, I, but you said it, man. Like I, I don't know if I had Milan Lucic scoring the the game tying goal and then Michael Stone coming through and getting the game winner for you with a couple of minutes left in play. Like you got to think with how much time. Already is Jamie Campbell. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet nine sixty, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. They got you covered for everything basement-y. Visit DL system, DLBasementSystems.com. I never get that right. So close, George. I know. So close. It's only been the same read for you. I know. What? I know. Um, the Rose Report is straight ahead. Later on in the show, Anthony Stewart, NHL on Sportsnet. Peter Labardius, our man Lou at 8 o'clock. will do some life lessons with Lou, too. Mm-hmm. Jamie Campbell, Blue Jay Central. Uh, text line's already popping, as the kids say. She's happen. Do they say popping, Alex? You're a kid. Do they say popping? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I think that's Text cool. line's popping. Uh, I believe in the flames right now like I believe in blank. I believe in the flames right now like I believe in blank. 960, 960, name and location. And our um, handsome technical director, GVP, he mm. filled me in on a bit of information that I forgot about. What's that? I just There's a lot going on, GVP. Uh-huh. Masters week. I'm focused on that. I'm focused on the Flames playoff run. Mm-hmm. Uh, GVP is going to do a poem for Alex. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I owe him a, nice a poem. A poem bet that needs to be paid off. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we yes. Were, and, awesome. And um, Patrick <clears throat> Dumas is not here today. No. But we're going to sing you a belated happy birthday tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Because we need to own up to our bet. Sounds good. We'll do that tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. No okay, time good. like belated. And uh, if you're going to call on uh, the, the old voicemail, mm-hmm. 403-407-0238 or 403-4070-BET. 4070-BET. Uh, we'd like to hear your Daryl Sutter impressions. I think mm-hmm. that'd be super fun. Yeah, I wonder if Daryl's going to wish me a happy birthday today. Mm. That'd be fun. On the voice line? Yeah, on the voice line. Like, it, like wouldn't that be cool if it actually was Daryl Sutter? And yeah. of course, we don't believe it, but it uh, is Daryl Sutter. Hey, your takes are bad, but uh, happy birthday, I yeah. guess. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about, but happy birthday. You're dumb as a bale of hay. (laughs) I don't know. Is that something you'd say on the farm? I I assume. I don't know. I don't think bales of hay are dumb. We are not the ones to comment on farm culture. You you and I are like, we're not really manly men. No. No. Like you and I like, hey, hey, uh, you're, uh, if if you and I had to fix it, 
What about that carburetor? I'd be like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what about it? Hey, your Johnson rod needs some more tugging. <laughs> That's what you and I would be like. I have no idea. That's you and me. I'm very outdoorsy. And by outdoorsy, I like to golf a lot. That's my outdoorsiness. Yeah. I like to golf a lot. Mm-hmm. Doing a good All job. right. Um, it's time for the uh, the Rose Report, and it's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Bloom. Matty Rose. Yeah, welcome to a brand new week, friends. Couple of Flames wins over the weekend. Hope's dangerous. Hope's dangerous, but it certainly exists. We got the Flames recap, the rest of the NHL schedule, too. We'll break down opening weekend for the Blue Jays. Tee up there, set in Kansas City. All that plus Raptors, March Madness, a Canadian winning ahead of the Masters, and tons of local content all ahead. So let's get after it. Start with the weekend that was for the Flames. Friday night in Vancouver to play the Canucks. No lineup changes for the group as they look for a third straight win for just the third time this season. Calgary trailed for much of the game after Connor Garland scored in the first period. Elias Pettersson scored early in the second, but the Flames fought back to tie it with goals by Toffoli and Coleman. Canucks took a 3-2 lead and 4-3 leads, but goals by Troy Stetcher and Jonathan Huberto would tie the game and send it off to overtime. Giuseppe spins to his right, centers, out in front, Joshua whacking and hacking away, is stopped twice by Markstrom, and now we've got a 2-1-1 the other way. Backlund to Toffoli, he shoots, he scores! Second of the game for Tyler Toffoli. New career high in goals with 33. He had 31 back in 15-16, which was his fourth year with the LA Kings. 69 points on the season after that game. Flames outshot the Canucks 41-20. Wasn't a banner night for Markstrom numbers-wise, but he made some key saves down the stretch to help the Flames get a couple of points. And for the first time this season, the Flames actually win a game when trailing into the third period. That that third period, again, and, and it, with the handful of games, feels like you don't win this. You, you, you're, you're behind it, especially with what the Jets did to the Red Wings that night. Mm-hmm. They kicked a hole in the Red Wings in Winnipeg. That was an absolute must win. And the Flames delivered against the Canucks team, and those teams are dangerous, who were so loosey-goosey and playing for nothing. Yeah, and they had been winning games left, right, and center. Thatcher Demko was 8-3-1 and one going into the game. But he wears a loss in this one. Uh, so the other home, uh, the other game for the Flames was uh, Sunday as they were taking on the Ducks, fourth and final time this season. Although they did lose the only other home game to the Ducks, three to one, in a game that saw John Gibson stop 36 of 37 shots, and the Flames maybe take the Ducks too lightly. That was back on March the 10th. Since that win, Anaheim one eight and one, and losers of seven straight after getting pummeled by Edmonton six nothing Saturday night couple of prime points, prime for the pickin' for the Calgary Flames, but you wouldn't have thought it with the first period. Here's Vitrato, he slides it right wing side to Zegers, he leads the team goals, assistant points, he centers it, and Vitrato scores! Comes Comtois, drops to Vitrato, who shoots his stop, rebound to Comtois, he scores! Ducks get goals from Frankie Vitrano and Max Comtois in the first period, bad rush coverage on the first shot of the game for the Vitrano goal, and then not good rebound control from Jacob Markstrom no. on the second one. Flames a victim of playing down to the Ducks in the first period. Uh, eighth time this season, Markstrom lets in the first shot of the game, and that was something that was plaguing them uh, for, for a good stretch of this year. And, and it felt like there was a stretch in the middle of the season where it was happening all the time. 
but eighth time this season, Markstrom lets in that one. And you're right, that second goal has to have definitely better rebound control because mm-hmm. that thing just spit out. And he didn't look like Markstrom that we've seen lately. Real quick, too, wanted yep. to get your thoughts on this. Um, and this is stuff I like to talk about because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a knucklehead. George Canyon's handlebar was looking great last night. Like he, he's in really playoff form. He's in playoff form. Like is is that a thing? Is that a look he likes to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock a lot the handlebar because uh, I haven't seen it and I think it's a vision. Last year I started referencing him as the reverse minotaur because he's kind of built like a minotaur and they usually have the horns at the top of their head and he yeah. has it coming out the chin because last year there was probably about an inch of length that they extended yeah. out past the chin, kind of like some horns coming out there. Right so yeah, they're um. No, you know, no, go- no goofing around with those. No, that handlebar definitely looks tight. Yeah, that's playoff form, looking real good. Um, when it comes back to Markstrom letting in that first goal, uh, the eighth time this season, also that rebound. I thought it was interesting last night on the broadcast that Greg Millen said he looks tired. Yeah, and then he got pulled after the first period, which I was shocked. Yeah, like it, when I saw Vladar in, I'm like, what the what? Well, to me, it wasn't necessarily a, a Markstrom thing. It was more of there wasn't enough the jump. Arm. Yeah, and and that's a tactic that you can certainly use. Like, here's what I think. I don't think the Flames played down with their competition in the sense that like you go out there and all of a sudden you've got bricks for hands. But I think that when you're playing a team like the Anaheim Ducks, who aren't necessarily as emotionally invested in each and every game, especially as they can see their summer in sight. I just think that it's the emotional level that you kind of get down to, and they just weren't bought in enough in that first period. Yeah. But I did think that the change kind of maybe sparked them, because sure enough, the Flames get on the board early on in period number two. It's Foley, Tamasha Potty, he shoots and scores! The Flames change goalies, and it seems to spark the team. Just 33 seconds into the second period, and Ramajapani goes bar down. He needed that one uh, to Foley with a real nice dish to Ramajapani in the slot. He picks his spot, bar down, bingo, 15 for Andrew Ramajapani on the season. Uh, real quick, too, great job of Huberto for drawing the penalty as the first period wound down. But yeah, Ramajapani, great shot, great feed from Tyler to Foley. And that just felt like it just changed the entire momentum of the hockey game, scoring that early on the PP. 16th of the season for Manjapani. Pardon me. Uh, the Flames would keep pressing after that as well. Foley will pick it up. Pick up his 70th point of the season on that Manjapani goal. Gives it to Huberto. Drops it to Narav. Scores! Here's Kadri. Left point to Stetcher. He shoots and scores! Troy Stetcher took the shot. And it looked like Nick Ritchie redirected the puck past Lucas Dostal. So those goals come about a minute apart. Huberto with a real nice drop pass to Zadorov off the rush, and the big man picks the corner for his 10th of the season. Then it's Ritchie deflecting a Stetch Dog shot to give the Flames their first lead of the game. Yeah. Nice our, little flurry there for the Flames. Our man, uh, the Stetch Dog, was all over it um, last night. Again, in the first period, had that Denny Savard like old school reference. Um, against uh, the Ducks. He was great. And you know what, man? Nick Ritchie last night was a difference maker he, for the Calgary Flames. He used his big body to tip that stature shot. Great tip. Great deflection. We're going to get to the winning goal later on. That was all Nick Ritchie in a very heady play from a guy who always, he's always on that fine line of taking dumb penalties and trying to be physical. But I thought he was great last night. Certainly can't teach size. 
And no. uh, that's one no. thing that he has. Uh, goals about a minute apart there for the Flames. They got them the lead. The problem was holding the darn thing. Yeah. Comes Fowler back in. He drops. And Carrick shoot. He stopped. Retrato scores. Second goal, third point of the game for Frankie Vitrano. Um, listen, he's a good player. He's got a, a really heavy shot. And he's got a lot of speed. But... Um, you can't have guys like Frankie Vitrano coming in and Max Domi and then have them come in and just run your show. Yeah. Um, I thought it was uh, bad rebound control from Dan Vladar there. But talk about two things that have been a sore spot for the Calgary Flames that we haven't been talking about for the, for the probably the last couple months or so. What have we been talking about? Markstrom lets in the first shot. Mm-hmm. Ooh, not good for the Calgary Flames. And bad line changes. That 3-3 goal, yeah. terrible line change by the Calgary Flames that comes back to bite them. Yeah, it was a, a bad line change that led to some kind of mix-ups with the defensive coverage. Uh, so that was a tie game. It wasn't long before the Flames were trailing once again. Harrington moves it far side to Carrick. Turns back to the blue line. Ducks changing of the fly. Harrington with a shot. He scores! That one also wasn't a really uh, good rush. A little bit of a mix-up with the wingers' defensive coverage after a sloppy change gave the Ducks a little bit of momentum on the shift. It's Harrington who gets the goal. The Ducks led going into the third period as a result. Uh, you gotta want, you gotta have. Or I, I kind of wanted to see Vladar battle a little more to see that puck. I know he was partially screened, but he wasn't really battling in there to, to get a good look at it, and it just beat him clean. And I thought, yeah, I. I Obviously, the move worked by Daryl last night, pulling Markstrom to bring in Vladar to give that shot in the arm. But honestly, last night, I thought Vladar was shaky. And good thing that they dominated the third period so much where they didn't really need Vladar to maybe the dying seconds in the game, and you'll get to that. Well, yeah, 100%. Like, listen, it's a little bit of a different role for the guy. He barely played last year when they were going down yep. the stretch. He didn't really play in the postseason for them very much. And now he's in a tough spot there, thrown into the game and being like, hey, you got to go and you got to give some really good results here. Um, but sure enough, led going into the third period, did the Anaheim Ducks. Now, in the third period, though, Flames a little bit better, a little bit of a line shuffle. Blake Coleman and Walker Dewar, a little swap there between the third and fourth lines, and that was a key change that ended up paying some dividends. Rackets by Lewis and brings it into the flame zone. Winds and fires a shot that's blocked by Weger, who goes down in a heap. Here comes Coleman the other way. He floats the puck to Lucic. Lucic shoots and scores! The sea of red erupts. What a shot by Milan Lucic, who picks the top corner and ties the game at four. Top Ched for the big man, seventh goal of the season. Nice dish by Coleman. Uyghur absolutely wears a block moments before oh, that yeah. as well. It crippled him. He was able to come back to the game after doing a couple of laps down the hallway Yeah. once the bumblebees got out of the boot. But, uh, yeah, that's a tough one for him. Good one from Milan Lucci. Yeah, you got to love that the guys immediately went to Uyghur and they were tapping him on uh, the helmet after, like, great block, great play. And, again, great shot by Milan Lucic. Beautiful sauce pass from Blake Coleman. Mm-hmm. Get that goal. But Dostal, man, he was... <laughs> He gave was, gave up a little a, bit he there. He totally lost his net. And mm. good, good for Lucic for picking the corner. And it just it's it just adds a little more a little more zip in the building when Milan Lucic is the guy who ties the game in a must win. Oh, you mean the the booing? What a shot by Milan Lucic! I mean the looing? Yes. Uh, so that was the deal. Uh, 4-4 in the third period. Flames did not have a come-from-behind third period win all year until they did it Friday in Vancouver. Could they do it in back-to-back games? Kadri wins it 
wins it. Richie will bat it back to the blue line. Stone winds it, fires, and scores! And the sea of red explodes! Michael Stone with a big blast from the blue line. They needed OT to do it back on Friday. This time they do it in regulation. Michael Stoneburys is sixth of the season, back in the lineup after a 20-game absence. Nothing else from the Ducks. The Flames take a 5-4 win and notch third-period come-from-behind wins in back-to-back games. What a play by Nick Ritchie off the scramble draw to immediately throw it to the point. And Michael Stone, no hesitation whatsoever, just blows that puck into the net. And again, full credit to the Flames in that third period. The Ducks had nothing. Like, were they even in the Flames' end in the third period? They had um, two shots through 16 minutes of play, and the second shot was like a slow-rolling putt that Dan Vladar kind of had to pounce on at the hash marks that was counted as a like, shot. He made a good save in the dying seconds because it was kind of close yeah. there for a second that maybe the Ducks would tie it. But Calgary absolutely dominated that third period and played the way they should have maybe from the start instead of trailing 2-0 to a very, very bad Ducks team. But in the end, got the two points. Doesn't matter how. On to Tuesday when the Chicago Listen, Blackhawks come to town. It isn't like they're the Brazilian. You'll love this. You'll love this reference. Will I? It's not like they're the Brazilian national soccer team. Yeah. Where it's not good enough for them to win. Uh-huh. They got to look good at winning. Like sure. They have to play attractive football. Okay. Who cares what it looked like last night? That was an ugly win. It was an ugly win Friday night in Vancouver, but you got the necessary four points to keep your season alive. Now that game on Wednesday looms even larger. How long have we been saying it? The Flames will have an opportunity to um, either be tied or bind one or two points at the Winnipeg Jets. Jets don't have a game until Wednesday. The Flames play the Blackhawks tomorrow at home. No Max Domi. That's a good thing for the Blackhawks because he plays in Dallas now. And then that game Wednesday in Winnipeg. Who's the net tomorrow night? Vladar? I, I think it kind of has to be, doesn't With it? With a question mark at the end? Here's my here's my uh, line of thinking when it comes to this. I think you start Vladar, mm-hmm. and if he lets in one softy early on, immediately you hook him and put um, Markstrom in. Immediately. immediately. Because I think you got to have Markstrom rested for that must-win game Wednesday night in Winnipeg. Oh, man, it's a busy week. It pra- is a busy practice week. Practice this week. They get pregame skate Tuesday. They will probably and- skip it Wednesday. Greg Millen said, you know, hey, this it isn't on Markstrom. And by tired. the way, we, we didn't really talk about it in the recap. The breakaway save that Markstrom made was enormous in that first period because that game could have really got out of hand. Made, it, it, made a clear-cut breakaway save. In and the then first jumped period. on the rebound that was sitting in the crease yeah. as well. Yeah, um, that was uh, the Jones breakaway uh, after the Hannafin uh, giveaway. Yes. And then that part where Huberto was kind of uh, trying to push Hannafin closer to him after he gave the puck away was doing the old water ski move. Go, yeah. go, go. Go, go, go. Kind of got it in the way of uh, Jones, but Marster made that enormous save on the breakaway. I think Vladar gets to start against the Blackhawks on Tuesday. You should be able to blow the doors off the Chicago Blackhawks on Tuesday. Yeah, they haven't been very uh, good. So, man, it's... I I would say Vladar, but I am... Um, my conviction in that is slim, to say the least. If that makes sense. It does, but I I need a fully rested Jacob Markstrom for the biggest game of the season. That will determine your entire season. 5.30 Wednesday night. Uh, Jets were one of the other 16 ac- teams in action yesterday. 
Uh, tough game for them as the Devils were making their lone trip to Winnipeg. Jersey won the other meeting back in mid-February, but this one did not end up being so tough for the Jets after all. Sit back with a line to Mello, near side Morrissey, catches that, far side, the slap shot, they score! Pierre-Luc Dubois on a one-timer, and it's 5-0 Winnipeg. Paul Edmonds with the call on Power 97 made it 5-0. Josh Morrissey at his 55th assist of the season on that tally. 70 points on the year. First defenseman in Jets or Thrashers franchise history to do that. 55 assists is also a single season club record as uh, the Jets would go on to win that game by a 6-1 score. Couple of big wins over both the uh, Red Wings and the Devils this weekend for Winnipeg. Um, Are you like me and go, okay, it's a little... Makes you a little nervous heading into that Wednesday game now because all of a sudden they're scoring goals at will. Even they moved Mark Scheifele to the wing for that Friday night game. And it's working. Which is crazy, which has worked. Yeah. And Rick Bonus is like, I guess. Like, sure, yeah, you're it, supposed to be one of our top centermen on the team, but whatever. Yeah. I, when that's all you got that you can do, I guess. Uh, it'll be game three of a five-game homestand for the Jets as well. So you're not going to have any of that kind of, you know, come back from a trip be able to catch them. The only thing you can maybe hope to get an edge as far as the schedule is that the Jets just have to sit there and wallow in this game. Uh, but a big win in Chicago would maybe uh, turn up the heat on the Jets. Uh, again, uh, we keep saying this, this is the season for the Flames. Mm-hmm. Like you lose that game Wednesday, it's it's over. It's pretty much There's curtain. 10 points on, this, on the table for the Flames the remainder of the season. How And, and again, you, you've brought up this point many times. The Jets have the tiebreaker, so it's two and a half points essentially that you got to make up here on the Winnipeg Jets. And if uh, you don't get a if you don't get a win, minimum win, even if it's in overtime, you have to get the two points Wednesday in Winnipeg. Other Canadian teams in action: the Canucks were hosting the Kings, with LA trying to keep pace with Edmonton and Vegas for top spot in the Pacific as their season winds down. Alex Iafalo scored twice; the Kings bested the Canucks four to one, so LA jumps back over the Oilers into second in the Pacific. Out east, the Leafs were hosted in the Red Wings. Not a ton on the line in this one, so the Leafs rested Marner, Giordano, and McCabe. 2022 eighth overall pick Marco Casper made his debut for the Red Wings. Quiet debut for the Austrian, but a loud performance from his captain. Here's Sider, not a Sherratt long shot. Ooh. Caught the man high in the rebound. The Wings score. That's Dylan Larkin's second goal of the game. The save was made by Sam Sonoff. It came right in front to Larkin, who bangs it home, and it's now 4-2 Detroit. Ken Kell on 97, the ticket in Detroit with the call there. Dylan Larkin, second of the game, 30th of the season is the nail in the coffin as the Wings won at 5-2. Larkin completed the hat-trick into an empty net. Matt Murray stopped 5 of 7 before leaving with an injury. Ilya Samsonov stopped 13 of 15 in relief as goaltender questions continue to be present with the playoffs on the horizon for Toronto. Well, Matt Murray hurt, rinse and repeat. Yeah, right? Oof. Again, right now? And if, if and goal- he looked hurt before he actually left the game, too. If goaltending caused the Maple Leafs that series against the Lightning, I think that's the final straw for Kyle Dubas. Do you know what's weird? There are three teams this year that was like, wow, the rosters are playoff teams, but they got to figure out their goaltending. And I don't know if any of them did in the Devils, the Leafs, and the Oilers. Yeah. And, like, I was thinking about this today, man. Like, if there's one thing that you... Like, the Flames with Markstrom and Vladar and Wolf, like... I would not think even think about trading any of those guys because if you can even have that dude in the hopper for just another chance at a legit goalie when you have a team that can contend, that is huge because it's so hard to try and just 
throw flex seal on that and try and get a, a, a fix, right? Like, it just never works. So that's a tough one for Toronto. They get the win, but they don't get the uh, goaltending confidence, I guess. Ottawa and Columbus Senators jumped out to a 3-2 lead, but the Jackets tied it late, then won it in overtime. On a Kirill Marchenko tally, two points each for Marchenko and Johnny Gaudreau. John Gillies, the former Flames, stopped 24-27 for the Columbus win. Let's go again and give her a spin with uh, these two lottery teams participating in uh, yesterday's contest here. The Philadelphia Flyers oh, jump up wow. six spots to get the first round, uh, first overall pick and draft Connor Bedard. The Chicago Blackhawks move up one spot to draft second and get Adam Fantilli. ABC. Philly would be a good spot for him. That'd be fun to watch. Four other games yesterday. Is range. he tough enough for the Flyers? Sorry, uh, he's got a little snarl to his game. Mm. He is John Tortorella going to bench him for like extended periods of time? I would assume so. Okay, but. Gotta learn, kid. Gotta learn. Pros league, man. man. Four other games yesterday. Rangers beat the Capitals 5-2 in a fight-filled game. Alex Ovechkin got tossed. as a disappointing season for the Caps. Winds down. Bruins beat the Blues 4-3 in a shootout with Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Charlie McAvoy all scratched for load management. Season finale, the Battle of Pennsylvania had big implications for the Penguins. Well, the Flyers could play spoilers, but they would not. The Panther or the Penguins uh, win this one of four to two. Ricard Raquel scored twice. As a result, the Penguins jump back into the playoffs. They're a point up on Florida. Both clubs have five games left. Tiebreaker would go to Florida. If the playoffs started yesterday, this would have been a playoff matchup in round one. Hurricanes hosting the Islanders for the fourth and final time of the regular season. Road team had won the prior meetings. This one was a trend breaker as Jordan Martin scored the game winner in the third period. His 12th of the season for the fourth liner. The Hurricane win 2-1 over the Islanders. Ilya Sorokin looked human on the two goals he allowed. He still stopped 33 of 35 in the loss. He win for the Hurricanes if that does end up being a round one series. Today, three games on the slate. Golden Knights visit the Wild at 6, battle the two Western Conference Division leaders. Predators and Stars go at 6.30. Nashville three points back of the Flames entering that contest. Dallas has been jumped by Colorado to sit third in the Central. The night will end with Seattle hosting the Coyotes. That's got an 8 o'clock puck drop. Jay's first series of the season is in the books. Got to go with an interleague set out in St. Louis. Games two and three were Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, Kevin Gossman was on the mound. The Jays did have a couple of opportunities at early runs, but Brandon Belt struck out with the bases loaded in the first. He did it again with two runners on in the third. George Springer grounded into a double play with two runners on in the second inning. And shortly all the, uh, shortly after all that, it was the Cardinals getting on the board. 1-1 one, one pitch. A breaking ball slip past the dive of the third baseman. Chapman and up the left field line. Endoscores Goldsmith Arenado's right behind him. It's a two-run double for Gorman and 3-0 St. Louis. Gossman allowed a couple of earned runs in the third, but that was all the damage through six innings. He struck out seven while walking one. He allowed eight hits. The Jays only had three hits, but they did take an impressive 10 walks. Problem was, it only amounted to a single run. They fell 4-1 to one on Saturday. Um, we'll talk to Jamie Campbell of Blue Jay Central uh, coming up at 8.30. Um, Chris Bassett's first three pitches with the Blue Jays. Oh, uh, these three pitches? Brandon Donovan, Alec Burleson, Paul Goldschmidt against Chris Bassett. His first pitch as a Blue Jay is swung on and lined out to right field. Springer got turned around. That ball's going to soar into the part of bullpen. Yeah. And it's one nothing. And then, and then it was, pitch. and then it was a swinging Burleson. strike, and then this. Yeah, swinging strike. Yeah, right. And then this. Yeah. Burleson drives one in the air out to left. 
Shuttling Merrifield back through the track at the walls on the top of the fence, and it is gone. Yeah, back to the drawing board for Seabass, Georgie. Um, yeah, Chris Bassett, first three pitches to the Jays, home run, swinging strike, home run. And they were talking about he's a guy that induces a lot of soft contact. Uh, not so much yesterday. He was roughed up in his Blue Jays debut. He said that all six of his pitches got hit hard at one point in the game. Yeah, and this is something we'll ask uh, Jamie Campbell about. He's using the pitch com on his glove. He's calling his own. And he's calling his own game. pitches. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a good idea with Danny Jansen behind the plate. Like, stuff will ask Jamie Campbell about coming up at 830. Nine earned runs on ten hits, Ooh. four of them for home runs, no walks, no strikeouts, and just three and a third inning. The Jays fall 9-4 on Sunday. They start a four-gamer in Kansas City tonight. 5.40 first pitch. You can watch it on Sportsnet West. Jose Burrios gets his first start of the season. Sportsnet 1 is going to have the Yankees and Phillies at 5, followed by the Rockies and Dodgers at 8. The foot, uh, baseball season is in full swing. Raptors had a chance to clinch at the play-on tournament spot Sunday. The postseason is less than two weeks away. Toronto was playing Charlotte. A victory coupled with a Brooklyn win over Utah would get the Raptors into the play-in tournament. Canadian Kelly Olnick missed a last-second shot to give the Nets a 111-110 win over the Jazz. So could the Raptors confirm their trip to the tournament, George? All right, let's do it. Raptors beating Charlotte 128-108. For the first time in Raptors history, Fred Van Vliet scored 20 points and added a career-high 20 assists. Whoa! Incredible game um, for uh, Fred. OG Ananobi added 23 points for the Raptors, who clinched after the Nets beat the Jazz. Later in the day, Raptors now 500 on the season and a lot of questions about Nick Nurse's future. Yeah, but he doesn't want to talk about it. But he was. But he's the one who brought it up. But he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Three he, straight games? But he brought it up. Yeah. Uh, they're still in Charlotte. They'll play the Hornets again Tuesday night. Four games to go. They are currently ninth in the East. You'd want to finish seventh or eighth in the East. You want to finish seventh if you couldn't host that play-in game. But they're two games back of Atlanta. The March Madness finals tonight, George. Uh, number five, San Diego State faces number four, UConn, after victories in the semifinals on Saturday. 7-20 tip-off tonight. I uh, I was really gull- gu- gullet. gutted for FAU. Were you? On Saturday. Uh-huh. Like, they're never getting back there. And they lost in a Florida, last-second buzzer. Florida Atlantic University. They're never getting back to the Final Four. It's never going to happen. It was impossible that they got there to begin with. And it's, it was just gutted. For, and they blew a 14-point lead, and they lost at the buzzer. And UConn looks like they're the team to beat right now. That Sonogo guy, he's just a matchup nightmare. And I think he's going to have a monster game tonight for UConn. Did you break this one down on Inside the Lions? We talked about it a you little bit any, uh, You got any Ched on this tonight? You, gonna throw uh, you know what? The way UConn has been uh, punishing teams, I'd lay the 7.5 points with them tonight. I was in Vegas for the March Madness final last year. A lot of fun. Oh, a lot of fun. A lot of money being you're, tossed you're around. You're a big college hoops fan. That's the main reason I was there. Definitely yeah. wasn't because it was my birthday. Final stop on the PGA Tour before the Masters was this weekend. It was the Valero Open down in Texas. How about the Canadian Corey Connors opening round of eight under for a 64? Gave him a lead. He did not relinquish even after shooting even in round two. Three under Saturday, four under Sunday. One stroke victory over American Sam Stevens. It's a second tour win. For Connors, and it just so happens to be the same tournament that he captured his first win at back in 2019 when he had to be a Monday qualifier. So, congrats to Listowel, Ontario's own Corey Connors. Big, big win. On to the Masters this weekend. Um, we're very giddy for this. On the LPGA Tour, it was the LA Open. Couple Canadians in the field. Maddie Zarek did not make the cut. Maud Ame LeBlanc did. She actually played really well. Um, seven under, finished tied for 13th. When it was all said and done. One over in her final round, which uh, 
kind of sewered her. She actually played really well to start the tournament. On the live tour, they were down in Atlanta. Brooks Kepka was 15 under over three rounds to take a one-stroke victory over Sebastian Munoz. Munoz did get the team win with Team Torque and their captain, uh, Joaquin Neiman. Torque, this team is tuned to perfection. Yeah, they're tuned to perfection, George. You hear what Greg Norman said about the Masters? What did he say about the Masters? If somebody from Live wins it, everybody from Live is going to be there congratulating them on Gr- Sunday. Great. I'm just Great. saying. Don't you kind of want a Live guy now to win it just to see how what a fiasco that would be? Not really. My pick's actually Cam Smith to win the whole damn thing. Cam? Yeah. I don't hate that. Except I don't know how well he's been playing lately because he's been playing well. Yeah. I haven't seen him in the leaderboard. You want you want a little Masters tidbit cuz sure. we're going to have a Masters pool. Yeah. You know the highest seeded, uh, highest ranked player the last thirteen years to win the Masters uh, in the world rankings? No, I don't. You want to guess? I'll give you one guess. Will it be Tiger back in the day? No. Well, Bubba Watson, eighteenth in the world. That was the lowest ranked player to win the Masters in the last thirteen years. Cam Smith, fifth in the world right now. Hmm. Just saying. Hmm. Uh, You're so welcome for that little nugget. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Some local stuff. Playoffs began for the Calgary Hitmen on the weekend. They were up in Red Deer for games one and two of this Eastern Conference first-round matchup. The Hitmen, the underdogs, is the seventh seed in the East. They were shut out in game one Friday night. Just could not beat Kyle Kelsey, who stopped 25 shots in a 3-0 Red Deer win. Saturday, it was game two. Golden Knights prospect Christopher Setoff opened the scoring at 11-20 of the third period. No goals for the first 51 minutes and change. The Hitman would pull Braden Peters with just over a minute to go in regulation. Calgary has pulled the goalie, trying for late dramatics here. Now McAdams has steal a shot. Kelsey the save. It rolls in. They score. The Hitman have tied the game with a minute 37 to go. Ducks prospect Sean Chagall jumps on a squeaker rebound for his first goal of the postseason. Tied the game with just over a minute and a half to play in regulation. We didn't get the game winner until late in the first overtime. Puck is on the wall, lifted to the line. Yakimchuk holds it in, got it on down. Chagall left circle. Here's McAdams to the slide. Uh, a shot, they score! David Adazinski has ended game two with a Calgary Hitman win. An excellent job by Carter Yakimchuk to hold the line. Three quick passes before David Adazinski buries into the top corner to tie the series at one. Headed back to Calgary. Game three tonight at the Dome. Seven o'clock should be a banger. Captain Riley Fiedler Schultz did leave game two with injury. We'll see if he can go tonight. King and Slaney and Maxim Yuranov both return from suspension in a boost to the group. Game four is going to be Wednesday at seven o'clock before heading back to Red Deer for game five. How monstrous is the split for Calgary? Humongous. Like, Because they're huge underdogs in this series. Huge underdogs. Like, the Rebels could win the whole damn thing this year. And, uh, yeah, for them to get it to overtime and get a win, that's pretty good. Hey, they've won three of their last five games against Red Deer if you go back to the regular season as well. Just saying. Wranglers beat the Henderson Silver Knights 5-1 back on Friday. That was their only game of the weekend. Hattrick for 6'8", Adam Klapka. Next game for them is going to be when they visit the Coachella Valley Firebirds Wednesday night. That could very well decide first in the division and who gets that first round by in the postseason. In the AJHL second round of the postseason uh, did continue yesterday with the Brooks Bandits and the Okotoks Oilers. Uh, this was game six from Okotoks. After uh, Brooks did win in game number five. Excuse me here. Yeah, uh, right. Are you confused right now? I am confused. Brooks ended up winning this one by a 4-2 to two score, uh, a 3-1 to one score on Sunday. 
to end that series. Brooks advances to the third round of the postseason. And uh, Black Falls and Drumheller, they're actually going to go to a Game 7, which is going to be tomorrow after Black Falls uh, staved off elimination yesterday with a 4-3 victory. Roughnecks won. They were down in, or they lost. They were down in San Diego 14-8, but they did clinch a playoff spot with the loss. And the Stampeders signed veteran defenseman Mike Moore. 70 CFL games. Uh, he'll play on their defensive line. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, terrific stuff, Maddie. And the Rose Report brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Lots to do in the 7 o'clock hour. Anthony Stewart, NHL on Sportsnet, will join us. We're taking your text messages. I believe in the Flames right now like I believe in blank. I believe in the Flames right now. Like, I believe in blank. Corey Connors winning the Masters. 960. Ooh, name and location. A good one? I like that. And uh, I've been told that uh, GVP owes us a poem, or more specifically, owes Alex a poem. We'll get to that, too, in the 7 o'clock hour. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan.